The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. We do the digging so you don't have to. We've got breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Bringing you the biggest stories from the industry you care about. This is the Media Noise Podcast. Well, let's hear it. Now, here's your host, Dimitri Ravanos. We've heard a lot this week about current success and future projections, and that is what both of the guests this week are going to be hitting on. Tyler McComas is coming up in just a moment. We will talk about the hot start that college football is off to this year. And then uh, later on, Russ Heltman will pop by and we will talk about the barstool everywhere approach to slowly taking over the world. But first, if you are talking about sports radio this week, the biggest story is Two Pros and a Cup of Joe, the new morning show on Fox Sports Radio that will feature LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox. It is a bit of a surprise when you consider all of the theories and conjecture and, you know, ideas that were shared across the internet for who should be in that role. I am also surprised because we had heard that Fox was kicking around the idea of doing something that could be simulcast on television, which to me pointed to a retooling of First Things First and sort of making this the uh, Nick Wright morning radio show. But at the end of the day, I, I kind of like what they did. Is it strange? Do I know what we're getting? Yes and no, I guess, are the answers to those two questions, respectively. But it would have been so easy for Fox to go out and say, hey, look, Mike Golick was a name synonymous with morning sports radio for more than two decades. Let's make him an offer. But by not doing that, I think Don Martin and Scott Shapiro very smartly avoided becoming the network that is viewed as picking up ESPN's leftovers. Because if you did go and get Golick, what do you have? Golick followed by Patrick, followed by Cowherd, followed by Gottlieb. I think that what Fox Sports Radio is doing here with this new morning show and what they are doing in evenings with The Odd Couple is really putting their own stamp, really sort of going out and showing you, look at our ability to scout and find national talent. And on top of that, let's let's not overlook the fact that these three guys are young. They are relatively new, even though Jonas uh, Knox has been on the network for quite some time in weekends. These are all brand new voices to the national sports radio scene, at least for most listeners. I I think this is going to take some getting used to. It doesn't necessarily have the same star power as Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. But all that really matters is what is coming out of the speakers. Is it quality? And I think Fox Sports Radio went out, found three guys they thought could deliver that, and decided, you know, name recognition and history in the day part, be damned, this is who we're rolling with. And and I am curious to see how it progresses, and I commend Don and Scott for uh, making that happen. When I talk college football, I like to talk uh, with my buddy Tyler McComas, uh, RIP Chewing Clock, the podcast we did together for three years. Tyler, ratings for college football are excellent. I mean, we just saw the SEC on CBS come out with its best opening weekend in eight years. We just saw the most watched episode of College Game Day in the last two years. Uh, Shockingly, your Oklahoma Sooners and Nebraska Cornhuskers generated huge ratings for Fox. What is going on? Why is the nation catching up to what you and I already knew? 
Also throw in the fact that Big Noon Kickoff is getting significantly higher ratings right now than it did in 2019. But what is providing to that? I got to think that it's a sense of normalcy. Fans are back in the stands. It's been an exciting start to the season. Um, There's been things thrown out there that maybe politics has left the sport. I I don't know if if I would necessarily credit it to that, but it's got to be a sense of normalcy. I got to say that I'm surprised because I I don't know how people feel in the Southeast, but it's probably similar to how they feel in Oklahoma. Fans don't like the NIL. Uh, They they, Hmm. they think it's crap. I mean, they don't like it whatsoever. So that now that NIL is such a big part of the sport, I am surprised that we're seeing ratings kind of skyrocket as high as they've been in a long time. It's that's an interesting theory. I think one of the things you can overlook is last year we didn't even have everybody start at the same time, right? Like last year, if you go back exactly one year ago, this would have been the SEC's opening weekend. And then you are looking at two more weeks or maybe three more weeks, I think, before the Big Ten and the Pac-12 came around. So certainly the amount of football changes things in a big, big way. You know, you you talk about the um, rejection of NIL. I also think it is worth noting that aside from Clemson and Georgia in week one, I don't think we have had a like game going in we knew was going to be uh, a, a closely contested matchup of two really good teams. I mean, we ended up getting that with Alabama and Florida, but nobody predicted that. Yeah, I mean, that was, what, a 14-point spread? Ohio State and Oregon was a 14-point spread. Uh, That ended up being a great game on Big Noon. Then the Big Noon game last week, OU was a 22-point favorite over Nebraska, and that ended up being a wildly entertaining game in the fourth quarter. So I think it's that. The games have been really close. I think you're exactly right. More games. I just wonder, and we've heard Cowherd talk about this before, how the sport is so regionalized right now. It was Bama and Clemson forever. Well, Clemson has huge holes. Ohio State has huge holes. Oklahoma has not looked very good up to this point. I I wonder if the fact that it looks more wide open than it has in several years is a contributing factor as well. That's a really good possibility. I mean, not just for fans, but for gamblers, right? Like this is the season that we've had sports betting spread as far across the nation as it has ever been. And the fact that you are not just going in and putting your money on Bama any week or maybe going in and thinking there's no value, no realistic value anywhere is changing that a little bit. Yeah, what's going to be interesting is, okay, we have the first four weeks, three, four weeks of data. Does this continue on into October? Does it continue on into to November? I, I think it's going to have a great chance to, if college football can, can continue to keep up the momentum that it has, I think the great games will still continue. Will they be as high as they've been in the first three weeks? I, I would probably point to no on that, but it hmm. is massive. It is critical that college football keeps the momentum that they have going on right now, I think. Uh, Are you okay that I have officially renounced my bullishness on your Oklahoma Sooners? No, dude. (laughs) Are you living in this state right now? You're like everyone else. (laughs) Spencer Rattler sucks. Caleb Williams should start. Um, It's really angry over here right now, man. It's, It's hostile. Barstool everywhere is what Erica Nardini calls the new... Uh, advertising and branding campaign that Barstool has going on. Russ Heltman uh, from the site is joining me to talk a bit about this. Russ, you are more in the age range of the average Barstool fan than I am. And I got to tell you, even before 
Erica Nardini used this term, barstool everywhere, at their upfront presentation earlier this week. I actually made note of the number of different uh, products around alcohol that I saw the Barstool logo on in my grocery store this week. Yeah, it's crazy. They've, they're expanding into the, uh, the frozen pizza section mm-hmm. now with Dave Portnoy's one bite pizza branded uh, frozen pies. And they already had the pink Whitney with, yep. uh, with New Amsterdam vodka. I'm pretty sure that's who it was with. And I, I've tried that before. It's good stuff. I am right in their wheelhouse. You're right, Dimitri. I'm not necessarily a full on Barstool consumer, but I'm one of the many fans of part of my take. I would listen to that religiously. It's one of my favorite uh, content podcasts out there. I just love the way they kind of just throw stuff out there and see what sticks. That's what that's what's really interesting to me. And on top of that, the fact that they don't really care what people think, and that's a good thing most of the time. And then obviously over the years, it has become a very bad thing publicly, but they seem to be, they're like, they're like the Teflon media company, which is pretty amazing. To me. Well, I mean, I was about to say yes and no, right. It's become a bad thing where like maybe ESPN doesn't want to do business with them, but clearly Walmart, which is the only place you're going to be able to get those one, uh, what it's called one bite pizzas. Like clearly that's not something that turned them off. Uh, uh, the, the various food delivery apps, like, Barstool is setting up a restaurant that doesn't really exist. They're going to be sending menus to local restaurants and you'll be able to order Barstool Bites on, you know, whatever you use, Uber Eats, a Grubhub, whichever one you choose. Like clearly there is, I think, a stigma around Barstool that exists with those of us that are familiar with them for longer. I guess not even exist, but we are aware that that was there. Uh, more than the business community seems to be. That's a fact. And it's it's crazy how much, even in five years, from when they brought on Erica Nardini as the CEO to now, what I, I remember it was like the same commercials, every single part of my take. Because I, mm. I started listening in 2017. They were about almost a year into the show. And one of my buddies, word of mouth, is the reason that I ended up started starting to listen to the show. And now they've expanded to all these mainstream brands like Pepsi, Chevrolet is highly involved with their NFL content. So it it just goes to show that these companies, they're willing to accept some rough edges as long as you can produce results and you're not going to bring bad PR to their own PR sections. And that's kind of what it seems like Barstool has been able to do. Because uh, versus, say, comparing them to, say, like a Fox News, who mm-hmm. it feels like every six months people try to right. get the commercials and the advertisers to take their take their commercials off of Fox News. But they don't do it because Fox News is dominating the ratings all up and down the charts, especially uh, with this new presidency. So it, it's it's kind of similar. It's interesting how those two are following a linear path, but doing it so differently all at the same time. See, I would say that Barstool is doing an even better job than Fox News is because it's not just the number of people that are listed. It's the number of people that listen and are so dedicated that they yeah. are going to prioritize doing business with Chevy because Chevy supports uh, Barstool, pardon my take, whichever, wh- whichever brand it is they are particularly uh, passionate about. And that's sort of what I want to end on here. 
We talk so much about all the stuff that was announced in that upfront presentation, the the pizza brand, the Barstool Bites, you know, they got a little bit deeper into what the plans are for the Arizona Bowl, new shows, et cetera, et cetera. Erica Narditi, if you look at her Twitter feed, she uh, goes under the name Will Work for Rights. It is so interesting to me that all of these different major businesses are doing business now with Barstool. And when Major League Baseball had the chance to sell some play-by-play rights to Barstool and basically utilize that Barstool bump to reinvigorate the game, they still are operating like Barstool is universally seen as a dirty word. Certainly there are still people that think that. Like I'm, I'm not the world's biggest fan of the Barstool brand, but I also don't dismiss everybody that does business with Barstool just because they do business with Barstool. And I think I'm way more common than the person that never wants anything to do with them again. And Major League Baseball doesn't see that. Exactly. And, and it's just a missed opportunity for Major League Baseball, in my opinion. If for them to do business with Barstool versus any of these other traditional media companies, I think it would be a mistake to go down a different route and block Barstool out because none of these other traditional media companies are able to tap into that 18 to 49 male age range that is so key for most of these sports brands, most of these sports topics. And on top of that, They have a a very wide ranging female following as well. I know a lot of people my age as well that enjoy Barstool, the chicks in the office stuff. Yeah, this is something America Nardini touted at the upfront. A third of their audience is women. Exactly. And they're my girlfriend. She I didn't even know she listened to the Caller Daddy podcast until like six months ago. And she's oh, just, good for you. She's, she's hiding that under she's hiding that under the radar from me. So <laughs> it's it's I think it's it goes to show that Twitter isn't everything. Right. And that that is so important, especially for us guys like you and me. We're on Twitter a lot. We we get a lot of news from Twitter. It's where most sports media lives. But I think because of that. It has put this black mark on Barstool where in the public's eyes at large, they don't really have that same kind of poison in their mind. And that allows them to put allows Barstool to put up the overall numbers that kind of blow people away when you step back from the Twitter machine and step back from all the negativity. All right. Thanks to Russ for coming on and talking Barstool. And of course, thanks to Tyler on before him talking about college football. I mean, look, as we move into this week, we get the final of the opening season string of Manning cast. That will certainly be interesting. And I think the biggest thing that we will all be looking at is the audience more than doubled for the Manning cast from week one to week two. What happens from week two to week three? We will talk about that next week. This concludes our broadcast day. Thanks for listening to the Media Noise Podcast with Dimitri Ravanos. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. And check back soon for new episodes. To stay up to date on the latest sports media happenings, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com.